Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown. There's nothing to nothing like uh, computer technical difficulties to break down a breakdown podcast. I'm telling you, we're breaking down here. Uh, hi, I'm Joe Oberly, uh, senior writer at uh, PurplePTSD.com and VikingsTerritory.com, and I'm joined with my co-host Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Mark, how are you? Good to see you. Uh, we've got through this technical miracle and we're on the air. Let's do it. I'm not, I'm not in Indy. So I haven't been to Indy in quite a few years. So I, I don't, uh, I don't miss the uh, love Indy, but the, the combine got a little too big and <laughs> a little too crowded for my taste uh, over the years. Or did you get too big for it? Yeah, actually yeah, I got too big for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably really the case. Well, Joe, kind of a big deal, Joe. I know you are. Well, right, you know, folks, you're looking live at uh, the wilderness. I'm out here in a different setting out in uh, the wilderness collecting sap for my trees for, for maple syrup. So something I do every year. They haven't, it hasn't started running yet, but I'm ready. I got the taps rolling, and we got the taps rolling on this podcast. Mark. Uh, wow, nice transition. Yeah, I know. It just comes to me naturally. We uh, – Got quite the staff being compiled there. Did you hear that Greg Minuski just got got put on board as a linebackers coach? What are your thoughts on that and the uh, uh, the staff that KOC is putting together in general? Yeah, that's it's. Uh, we'll find out in the fall, but um, I sort of like the mix. You know, you got uh, uh, that press conference we had last week. Is you have you had all ranges. You had thirty two year old special teams coordinator uh, Matt Daniels, guy who's just been in the league not too long ago. Um, young, energetic guy. Then you got 65-year-old Ed Donatell, who, you know, honestly, he's 65. Um, he's got me by nine years, so coming up on eight years here on Friday. He's, uh, looks, he's a spring chicken. Give me a break. And he, and he, and he looks, I was going to say, he looks about 15 years younger than me, and he probably acts about 20 years younger. Uh, so he's an energetic, experienced guy. I know he's known for fourth and 26, but there's so much more to his career experience wise, but he's also a guy that uh, despite the experience, he's not set in his ways. He's, he learns, he's energized by younger, being around younger coaches. He hit it off with, uh, with Kevin O'Connell. Then you have 42 or three year old uh, Wes Phillips. who I think, you know, uh, he brings that Rams voice that, uh, that gives O'Connell the freedom to not, to not be locked in on that offensive room all week long. He can be a, a, a team manager, uh, but you still have that McVeigh Rams voice that they're looking for, that this is the reason that they're, they made this, these changes was to get this new age look. It's, so they have a, him and a couple other guys coming from the Rams that have that voice. And then Minuski, you know, is a guy that's been a, was a longtime defensive coordinator, several different stop, spot stops. He comes in as your inside linebackers coach. Um, a lot of experience, a lot of, Older, you know, there's older guys, there's younger guys, so it's a nice mix. Um, uh, you know, it's a lot of open-minded. Uh, that was the theme last week. Was the uh, we're not going to be uh, fear-based management. So we'll see if it works. I mean, they got to win. Uh, if it, if they don't win, then all of the, what we're saying now doesn't mean anything. You can get all the kumbaya coaches in there, but if you don't got guys that can lead these guys and and do some good X's and O's and and have a good game plan. You're still not going to go anywhere. You got to have that combination of both. Um, uh, 
Moneski, was he the guy that was does he have some Vikings uh uh in his resume in the past? Wasn't he with the Vikings? Yeah, he played uh, early two thousands, I believe. He's a linebacker. I believe he was a linebacker. Yeah, and then uh, he uh he also uh it would did he have head coaching experience or he was maybe talked about being a head coach? Was that the case? I think he was talked about being a head coach for I don't think he's ever been a head coach. Uh uh, defensive coordinator, you know, several different stops. So um, I think he might have overlapped uh, uh, O'Connell's time in Washington. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a good it's, – it's, it's always good to have all these voices. It, um, you know, it's, uh, it's sort of what they um, – I think maybe it might have been more Spielman when uh, Pat Shermer was brought in. Uh, I mean, not Spielman, it was, a, you know, like Zimmer uh, when they – Kind of the North Turner thing wasn't was starting to hit the hit its end point. They brought Pat Shermer in for like the voices, and well, that personalities on that staff couldn't couldn't handle that. So North Turner ended up quitting. So it appears that they have guys that are, you know, that are open minded and uh, kind of collaborate. Joe, that's the word of the year: yeah. collaboration. Um, you know, the the old school my way or the highways out, Joe. So. Well, why wouldn't you? You know, I mean, you got all those guys. You're paying them a lot of money. They've got experience. Why wouldn't you tap into that? Especially if you're, you know, in your mid 30s as a head coach, in your in your mid 30s as a GM. You don't. You have some experience, but you don't have a lot. So, so get those older voices in there and and figure out a way to work together and and take everybody in consideration. It's not always going to work perfect, but I, I like that idea of of youth yeah. and experience. You know. Well, yeah, I think I think the personalities um, come off as again. It's you know, it seems that way. It's always at the NFL. It's always what what what's what does it seem like, and what will it ultimately be like? We don't know. But right now, it seems like um, you know there are definitely some uh, the egos are kind of would be in check, you know, and there's there's a collaboration, Joe. And so it seems that their personalities fit that um, the theme that we've heard ever since Quasi walked in. Uh, to the podium for his introduction. That's uh, so. It seems to be it's um, the theme throughout the the organization. It's an it's an anti Zimmer movement, and that's um, they're taking it, you know, all the way. So we'll see if it works. You know, uh, the, yeah. the other one did did not work in the form of a Super Bowl or even a Super Bowl trip. So it's the time for the, these guys to prove that they can do it. They can't do it. I don't think they'll get eight years if they can't do it. So, wow. well, we'd go on to the next one. Uh, so that's just how it works in the NFL. Well, so far they're doing what they said they were going to do, but they also said they're going to try to bring a Super Bowl championship. So I guess we can expect that to be coming soon, right? Well, yeah, I think uh, it might have been said by a few other people that come in the building. I think yeah. everyone uh, probably mentioned, you know, uh, they, I think they mentioned that when they come in, that that's the goal. So <laughs> You know, it's like so funny because if they didn't mention it, Maybe that would be the thing to do, you know. So you wonder why the what you're not going to take this team to the championship, you know? It's just it's, the next guy. Will, the next guy will come in and say, "Our goal is to not win the Super Bowl." <laughs> but we'll be damn happy doing it. We'll be damn collaborative and and hunky dory. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Well, you know, speaking of what people said, uh, I kind of thought it was, you know, it was it was kind of interesting when Wes Phillips came in and had his presser and talked about. Uh, um, he went to the the uh, to get a haircut for his press conference, and he goes, everybody in there was talking about the Vikings. 
And he just said, man, this is really, this is a Vikings town. This is a Viking state, a Vikings region, you know. Uh, he goes, didn't really get that out in L.A. Boy, he threw some shade on the old sunny L.A., didn't he? Uh, well, L.A.'s got bigger fish to fry than uh, than what drooling than drooling over the NFL 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. There's a little, little more uh, going on out there, I believe. Um, they almost didn't yeah. know they had a Super Bowl for crying out loud. Well, yeah, it's a, when they win, it's like I think Minnesota it should should win it because they put a little more effort into the uh, dying with losses. And uh, if they lose out in L.A., they just go on to something else. You know, I used to, I covered a game out when the Raiders were out there in the L.A. Coliseum, and it was when um, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus was big and the achy breaky heart and. There were about ten thousand fan, uh, about fifteen thousand fans in the in the L.A. Coliseum, and they were bouncing a beach ball around, and they're playing the Browns. And uh, I just looked at it. And I said, ah, "L.A.'s got some other things to do out here." I guess it was just uh, weird to watch a football game that was, you know, the more the fans, their attention was on this beach ball being bounced around, and about like a big high school crowd size. So, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I wanted to ask uh, uh, Way or uh, Wes if if uh, he announced who he was. I'm sure he sat there quietly and didn't uh, didn't announce. Hey, I'm the uh, offensive coordinator. So uh, that's kind of what what a lot of people do whenever you're because uh, I learned from long time uh, Bob McGinn, long time uh, NFL reporter, great NFL reporter for the Packers. Is when you meet a fan and they and they find out that you're you know that you cover a team or that you follow the NFL. When they, uh, when they ask you a question, it's they don't want to hear the answer. They want to hear what they want to be able to tell you what right. they think. So he would say, my question would always, my answer to all questions would be, well, that's a good point. What do you think? So then, you know, then you, you cut the middle part out to where someone tells you. So I'm sure that Wes sat there and just said, um, he didn't announce that he was the offensive coordinator because he probably would have would still be getting his haircut right now, I think. Well, yeah, I, I felt that same way too because uh, I looked at him and go, I'd never seen him before. I didn't know what he looked like. And if he'd come into town, I he sure doesn't look like Wade or Bum that much. You know, I wouldn't have known who he was. So I'll bet he did go to incognito and and was impressed by how, how excited Vikings fans are to have new coaches. And you better be careful. We got stuff to do around here, Mark. I'm out collecting sap out of trees for crying out loud. That's yeah. what's going on. Okay. That's big. It is That's big. big. Well, he'll be he'll be he'll be unlike a, most offensive coordinators. Um, I guess well, Childress called his own plays, but um, you know, NFL fans and, and media, uh, typically we know more about the best, our best job would be offensive coordinator because we all know what we need to call, when we need to call it, and we'd call it quicker and faster and better than anyone. I mean, <laughs> that's ever called plays. Um, so, but this guy, he can just say, "Yeah, I didn't call the play. It's the head coach." So, it's the, head, the head coach has the uh, the pressure of of being the uh, play caller. Interesting as well, Ryan uh, Cordell, or I don't know how you, I'm not sure if his name escaped me. I know it's just before we came on here. He's been given the title of uh, uh, game management coordinator or some damn thing. Uh, so, and as someone How's that for new age, pardon me. How's that for a new age title? Yeah, no kidding. And someone was saying, well, that's probably a good thing for the Vikings who had a little bit of trouble right before the end of the half and the end of the last two minutes of the game. You know, to have somebody uh, 
I don't know. I suppose in your ear and, and you know, maybe they're shout, you know, they're, they're cranking on the analytics and saying, well, you better, you better do this here now, or we're going to get roasted in the media room. I don't know. I'm, I, you know, it, it, I, I have always, I, I coach grade school basketball for my kids, you know, and I know it's just great. Pardon me. It's always about you, Joe. I know it is. So just shut up and listen. So I, uh, I'm not saying it compares to sports this level because I wasn't very good at it. But I'll tell you, coming down in situations and you got to call timeouts. And I feel like, God, I don't want to call a timeout. I don't have anything else to say to these guys. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just go out there and play. But uh, it's it's a, it's intense. And on on that level, for you know, on that big a deal, on that stage. You're, you're thinking about a million things a minute. I've never, you know, while you, you sat there, you sit behind your keyboard and say, oh, they should have done this here or this there, you know, as you're sitting on your couch. I get that. I've done it myself. But it's not as easy as it, it looks because there's so many things going through your head. I think you need someone in this spot, but I'd really like to know what they're – how they execute it, what they're doing. Are they, are they examining? Are they got a list of the analytics? Do they, you know, because it all happens in real time. It's really fast. It's not as easy as it, uh, it sounds from our coach. And after you see it on replay, thank you very much. So, so they, what's the official title? It's game manager. Game management, I think coordinator, but I'm not sure. I, I, you know, in the old days, what they called that, the guy who managed the game, the head coach. Yeah. Yeah. Bud Grant, I think Bud Grant might have been, you know, Minnesota's or first game manager, assistant, executive director of game situations. They called it the coach, you know. So, so yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's uh, I don't know if it's analytics. It's uh, you know, I know Petten was going to be a guy that uh, uh, what was that title last uh, like situational master or something like that or. So that that's the guy that's that his own situation. Yes, that's the yeah. That's the guy that will tell him when to throw the red flag and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, uh, you talk to the the, the old timers and uh, they uh, they have coached years and years ago, and they kind of look around and go, you know, I don't know what some of these guys do. You know, it's like we, they did it with such a skeleton staff, uh, but yeah, the game's changed and. Uh, expectations have changed, you know, certainly replay has changed and uh, the ability to challenge calls has changed. So yeah, you've got to have, you got to have so much more now than what you had before. Uh, so, sort of like, I'd like to watch a game just, just for fun. If they could just do like maybe one game, an experiment, I could do it in grainy black and white with no replay and like only one camera so that the game would just start and, and it would just no, go all the way to the end and stop. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? You know, it, it almost sounds like a good story idea for you, Mark, to, to take some of these new titles and just dig down and find out what exactly they mean, what they're going to do, because, you know, everything's got such a, a fancy title. And, and I mean, even now they got uh, – they hired uh, – they got they, they made a hire this week that's got all the people bitter about nepotism screaming again because Ed Donatel's son, Steve – was hired as I think a defensive quality control or consultant or some damn thing. I mean, I could do that. I'd go out there and yell block. I mean, tackle, tackle, back, you know, but I, I guess it would be, I don't know. A, a there's, you know, the whole idea about nepotism. That's what, you know, Zimmer had his kid on the staff and they had Norv Turner's kid on the staff and they had, 
uh, God, countless other people's kids on the staff. Uh, Andre Patterson's kid. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens. It probably happens everywhere. Usually people wait to get upset about the nepotism until like they, they lose or something. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a quality control control coach. Uh, you know, we don't, we, we couldn't pick the kid out of a lineup. So I, to be judging just based on his last name, I, I think that's, that's unfair. Yeah. You know, just, uh, we, we don't know. We have no idea what this kid's qualifications are. Um, you know, and, and, and in that role, it's probably has a lot to do with maybe film breakdown, stuff like that. Uh, or it could be, yep. Stuff like that. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's too early to be uh, jumping all over uh, a defensive coordinator that we're getting to know, let alone. Uh, yeah, I, well, one thing, one thing they, they would guarantee by hiring a 36-year-old coach is we probably weren't going to have his son be the linebacker's coach. Because his son, his son looked to be about in third grade. So now, if if Kevin O'Connell hires his son to be linebacker coach uh, next year, then there's there's a problem, Joe. There's a problem. Yeah, I would agree. It's it's you know, I guess my hope is they aren't all all these people are aren't aren't all on the headsets because yeah, you know, that's just too much too much input in a game to make game time decisions. But, you know, I, I'm all for freeing up a little bit of the head coach to, to do certain things. He's got to call plays and uh, I, or he's going to call plays. I, I guess you have to wait and see how he does there. Maybe it's something he's been itching to do. I guess that's where the ego's tied up because now everybody likes to do it. Zimmer, Zimmer, I said, I was going to, he's going to get rid of it, but he never did. And um, I, it seems to me it's it, you should be uh, above it all and have people hired that can do that and do a good job and do it the way you want to, and maybe you can override something. I don't know. I mean, it, it seems for some that it, it's a good deal, but, you know, you see coaches like Matt LaFleur in Green Bay who's on the headsets calling plays, and he's got to make decisions. He makes mistakes too, you know. So I, I don't know. It yeah, I guess nothing's nothing's perfect there, but uh, I, I would uh, – I'd be like Bud. I'd uh, get some people, you know, get a Jerry Burns to call the plays for me, and then I can just worry about the the big picture stuff. Well, I mean, like, yeah, you know, no one was complaining about Zimmer calling plays when they were number one in points allowed, yards allowed. They were number, you know, they led the, in 2019. They were complaining about some of his in-game management, though. Well, but but I'm saying when when they were number when they were the best defense point wise and yard wise, I mean, there and and they they made it to the playoffs. You know, it's hard to argue with that. I, I never once yeah. believed that Zimmer talked about doing it in the preseason. I think that was more to give his kid uh, some experience calling plays. But there, there are no really. There's nothing really to call in preseason because they don't do anything exotic. It's all basic stuff. So that I never put any weight in that at all. I, I used to joke with him when, when we, the times we'd sit and talk. I'm like, you, they'll be pulling that out of your dead, you know frozen up hands before you give that up. I mean, he wasn't going to stop calling plays. And, and frankly, you know, uh, you know, Sean McVay called plays and they won a Super Bowl. So it can work. It's It's been proven it can work. There's probably more people that call their plays now than that don't call plays. So um, it, it can work. We'll see, you know, hopefully he's the kind of guy that if it doesn't work or he doesn't feel comfortable with it or it doesn't fit, then he has Wes Phillips, a guy that he trusts. That would do it. So who has no experience? Has even less experience. Yeah, I mean Doug, Doug Peterson had no experience when he came out from under Andy Reid. 
They won a Super Bowl right in your backyard, Joe. Uh, beat the team from your backyard and yes, won the Super there. Bowl. I was there. And so, so he, you know, uh, of course, then he got fired like three years later, but he did win it. Uh, he, he was a guy that didn't have uh, experience calling plays. Uh, you know, uh, Matt Nagy won Coach of the Year. Of course, he probably won Coach of the Year because Vic Fangio was his defensive coordinator and had a great year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he, you know, he, he called plays, he coach of the year one year and then fired two or three or four years later. So, uh, it can work, uh, and then it can also not work. Uh, but you know, I think it all typically it tends to boil down to what kind of players do you have? You know, right. when, Zimmer was, when Zimmer was calling plays and he had, he had the secondary that he wanted, he had the pass rush that he wanted. Um, they were really good whenever they were starting two rookies in a, COVID year uh, and no crowd noise uh, to to disturb Aaron Rodgers. It was a horse crap year. So uh, I'd worry more about the players right now than the, like, what are they going to call on second and three and all that stuff? It's that's, they got to get some players, some more players in here right now. That starts this week. They're out the combine. We've got KOC and his staff and Quasi out there for their first ever combine in these positions do you think that puts them at a disadvantage uh to have that an experience at the, i mean they've been at the combine they've seen how it goes they probably sat in on those meetings where they ask him those silly questions what kind of tree would you be if you were a tree that kind of thing. Oh, maybe not that question but um does this hurt hurt the vikings at all or or you figure they they it's not that big a deal not that many decisions are made this week i don't know you know i, I actually not only does it not hurt them, I feel that it's almost – I look forward to seeing what they see, but I think it can help them because, you know, you got a fresh set of eyes on, on everything. I mean, and, and uh, you know, uh, the last regime had eight years together. You know, was the, the Spielman, Zimmer had eight years together. They didn't make a Super Bowl. They didn't win a Super Bowl, certainly. Uh, so now you're, you're, you're going into this thing with fresh eyes, fresh set of eyes that – isn't in it, they don't care that uh, they're not looking at, at, at a position. Say, say like, a, we'll say interior line uh, where Garrett Bradbury was your number one pick just a couple years ago. All right. Now, if the old regime is looking, they're like, you know, to protect our butt, we got to give Bradbury X number of years more, another year. These guys come in and say, we got no attachment to this guy. If, if, if we see a better interior line that we can put together a different, different, look in the interior, Bradbury's out. And it's like there's no protection of this uh you know, well we gotta like we gotta keep our, our wagons hitched to this guy because we you know, we paid a lot for him or we, we used a lot of we used a number one pick on him. Chris I, I like that, yeah I like that they come in and and, and if if a guy's not good enough, he's out. You know there's no you know now they'll develop their own scar tissue over time right. I'm sure. But, uh, but, right, but right now you know they they're looking at they're looking at probably every position with a clear set of eyes and opinions and uh, and a look at it. How big a deal is the the combine? How how uh, um, I can't think of the word. How beneficial is it for a team? I mean, do, are are they going to get are they going to learn a lot out there when they go to these things? You said it's gotten really a big deal and it has. It's televised and all this baloney and Rich Eisen runs the forty and. Uh, I did see online yesterday that Kevin O'Connell ran the same 
same 40 yard dash at the combine as, as Laquan Treadwell. So four, six, one, four point six one. So that's, wow. he's, got, he's fast anyway, probably fat. He should race uh PJ Fleck. They could have a race on, of coaches on the sidelines someday. So, so, uh, so Connell who backed up Brady ran a faster time than Brady. So why wasn't, why wasn't O'Connell the starting quarterback? I, I don't get it, Joe. He ran a faster 40 time. You know, Brady Brady looked terrible in his 40 time, and, and yet they, they they wasted a pick on that guy. Yeah, there's terrible. More, more to it than speed, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'll go back again. I mean, is is there a lot of value to it? Um, you know, it's good to get to know these guys, I think. I, uh, it, you know, I, I don't know. I, you've been there. Your thoughts. I mean, is, is it more of a media-driven thing that just allows you guys to get some to get some uh, grist for your mill or 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 is it really valuable to these coaches? Well, I mean, it's two different things. I, mean, I, I was talking about from our standpoint, from a media standpoint, it, it used to be kind of low. I mean, when I was doing it, what I considered low key to the guys who are 10 years older than me, that had become too big for them. Uh, there was once upon a time, there was only a handful of maybe the uh, Rick Gosselin and uh, John Clayton and a handful of people that went to these things and they got it was a gold mine. Uh, and then it kind of became whenever I was going to it a little bit uh, where, you know, it's you got not only the podium stuff, but you got stuff off of the podium. You know, believe it or not, Joe, once upon a time, you know, NFL reporters, like we, we, uh, we talked to people when there wasn't a camera and uh, really? it, wasn't, it wasn't on a website for like everyone to, uh, to pontificate about and write about. There was actually, you talk to someone and that was your stuff, you know, Joe. How the hell did that work, man? That can't. Uh, yeah, it was. It was wonderful. It was a wonderful once upon a time, and you didn't tweet about anything. You, know, you just kind of. In fact, I didn't have a cell phone until I was thirty-four. So, uh, think about that. Uh, but well, as I say, oh, as far as the the, the coaches and the, and the teams, the value is in the medical. The value is in their doctors being able to examine these guys in person. It's uh kind of streamlines it for them. It's not that like they wouldn't, they wouldn't get that information. It's just a kind of a, a fast way to get it right there. And then uh, as far as the workouts more and more, you know, every year that the top guys tend to not work out. Um, if it, if it doesn't benefit, it doesn't benefit them, then they don't work out. So it's hard to blame them for that. Um, then, you know, then these guys go to the pro days and um, you know, there is some value to it. I mean, you, you can't put everything into the underwear Olympics, as they say, but, I remember, you know, receiver back when Michael Vick and uh, Peter Warwick, you know, was a receiver. He was a uh, – oh, I forget where he went to school. But the national championship game and at the, the great national championship game that I went to, and it was uh, Virginia Tech and uh, and Warwick, Florida State. And, you know, Peter Warwick was a, was a really highly thought of prospect. Um, and I – can't remember. I don't know if he ran his 40 time, didn't run a real good 40 time or whatever. But when he got to the NFL, it was like he didn't become what he was supposed to because he just he his speed wasn't as, as good as as if we thought or people thought. So there is some there is some uh, some value to getting some of these measurements and times and stuff. But but also, especially when a guy is at a, playing at a big time school. I would still think that it would be what you see on tape. You know, um, I know a lot of the, the smaller schools, like, well, when uh, Jarek McKinnon came out, I know that Spielman, you know, in, in introducing him as a draft pick, it was all, you know, either combine numbers or uh, pro day workouts that he 
was rattling off just how how uh, he was a he was a small school quarterback, uh, Georgia Southern, I believe, and it was all about what he saw in this workout. So, yeah, there's um, there's value to it. I mean, it's it's another piece of the puzzle for sure. Yeah, you got you got to put a lot of pieces together. Uh, so, what are the, some of the pieces that the Vikings are going to look at? You know, they they've got plenty of needs. I, I see a lot on defense uh, and some offensive line stuff. But what 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 do you consider? Uh, now that they're headlong into this process of rebuilding the roster, what do you see as their their pr- top priorities? You know, going in, uh, going forward into the draft. Well, you know, I, I, I think it's kind of funny saying this with Zimmer being gone, but it's cornerbacks, cornerbacks, cornerbacks. It's <laughs> it's the position that Zimmer could never get enough of, and the position that ultimately helped get him fired the last two years. Uh, you know, Zimmer was a pretty good coach when he had three uh, veteran corners that that he could trust and could uh and and uh and Xavier Rhodes was an all pro performer and they had a uh another number one draft pick on the other side and a number I had three number ones as their top three and when they lost those guys and and suddenly you're playing with uh you know Jeff Gladney and uh uh, the other guy it's like another rookie it's um yeah yeah so how can I forget his name uh so you know, that became, you know, that's, that was the first non-playoff season. They, they just couldn't compete because they lost their corners and they lost their pass rush. And then the last year they pieced together Patrick Peterson had a better than year than we thought he would, but it wasn't enough. Uh, they didn't have enough corners. So now that to me is their, that's their top, that's their top need. I think most people are saying that. Uh, what's going to be interesting is because right now, you know, quarterback, you know, Ultimately, there'll be a quarterback that shoots up the board and will be somewhere top 10 or whatever. But right now, you're not hearing like of any quarterbacks that are going to be in that top 10, 12 range. Uh, unless I, th- I think I saw a couple of mock drafts. Where now they're saying the Liberty guy might go to the, the quarterback from Liberty might go to the Vikings. And I mean, between now and the draft, I mean, it, everyone changes their mocks over and over and over just because. If you don't change your mock, uh, Joe, no one's going to click on your your newest. They're going to click on you one time, and then you're done. It's 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 what I've always kind of thought about the folly of the mock draft because you know you do a mock draft, you only need one, right? <laughs> what do you what do you need another one for? Because that means your other one is no good. It's no you know yeah. uh, it's kind of silly, but you know it's. Yeah, there's it's a good way to find out what's out there. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, you know cornerbacks. Uh, Zimmer always took a while to get those guys incorporated into his his scheme because his scheme he thought was so tough, you know. And if the Vikings are probably in a position where they need to draft somebody and draft somebody good and ready to play, um, I don't know if Patrick Peterson will be back. I and mean, even if he does, do you want to measure starter? But uh, it, it it really seems that they got to they need to probably need to find somebody that that can step in and and be ready to go week one. Well, yeah, I mean, unless he was forced to, 2000, he had, or 2020, you know, he had to start two rookies. You know, he had no other choice. That was it. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's those are the kind of things that don't get that. I mean, you are what you are, but, uh, you know, Zimmer was kind of, he wasn't, he didn't have a full, full load of bullets in his, in his gun the last two years. Uh, is that, is that his fault or, or that he lost all those, uh, cornerbacks or is that, is that, uh, uh, going up to personnel and Spielman for not hanging on to him, or is it Zimmer's fault for pushing him well, off the door? Or I mean, what do you think? 
Well, as as Zimmer pointed out to reporters at the combine before they signed a certain very expensive quarterback, yeah. um, you can't keep them all. You can't whenever you decide to give that kind of money to your quarterback, then the cornerbacks out the door because you can't you can't keep them all. And that's why you know the the dream scenario for all these teams is to. Uh, when you you're winning Super Bowls or you're contending for Super Bowls with your with a great young quarterback on his rookie contract, because then you know that's when you can put your you know that's when you can put a powerhouse on the field. When you start investing in quarterbacks at at that kind of money, he better be uh, worth that money, or he takes the personnel down with him. His contract takes the personnel down with him. That's well, kind of what Zimmer was saying. With that, yeah. that was Zimmer's kind of warning shot. Um, there was that that comp. I wasn't there, but I've you know, read obviously read the stories and and talked to guys that were there. And that was Zimmer's like true serum moment. It was. He wasn't talking about Kirk specifically, but there all the rumors that Kirk was coming to to Minnesota were out there, and it was basically Zimmer saying, "Hey, you know, you know, we win with team defense and running the ball, and uh, why would you know almost like why you know I don't know he was trying." Maybe in trying to create a smoke screen, he was also like sending a, a signal to his GM that that's not what he wanted to do. Uh, and ultimately, these guys, when it doesn't work out, the no matter how many kumbaya moments you have at the at the opening press conference, you know they ultimately always end with in a fracture. So that's what the, how this one ended, and uh, that's how these guys will end if they don't produce and win a Super Bowl. Um, you just they produce and, and compete and be a really strong competitive team. Yeah, you made the segue. Got to get into the Kirk Cousins uh, talk and Zimmer. You know the scenario you set up. He didn't back away from it much his entire career. You know he basically uh, uh, was never uh, too too pleased with Kirk being on the team and eating up that much cap and taking away his defense that he needed to backfill with some players and. Uh, it really saw Chad Graff for the athletic wrote a story this week. We're talking about it that uh, uh, Zimmer apparently, and I, I didn't get the story, so I should, um, uh, I shouldn't be careful quoting it, but he kind of trashed him a little bit in the meetings, you know, in some of the meetings saying that he was not pleased with Kirk on the team. And I suppose it has stems from him not, you know, taking up so much room and not having room for his, his new defensive players. But, uh, it you have to me you've got a GM and a and a head coach that are diametrically opposed on probably the most well the most important player on their team, and how can you how can you operate like that? How can you expect to win like that when 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 they see this such important player so differently? Well, they think that they can that it, it can work out that it'll um, you know I think it. it it hurt losing Gary Kubiak, I think. Um, you know, it's it's it, it something like that can work out when you have like a what you think is an offensive coordinator that's going to kind of work. I, mean, I don't want to say independently of the head coach, but when it's uh, Clint Kubiak, never called plays, first time coordinator, um, then you're going to see the the buffer and the you know that that gone. So you know, I mean, it's no secret that Zimmer and in fact, that was a lead to a story I wrote last year when I sat down with, with Kirk for in the middle of the season. It was right after the time where Zimmer was saying, hey, you know, we, we started having meetings, the weekly meetings, and 
I told him to, you know, take more chances. And Kirk didn't like how that was presented by Zimmer. And I, and I was, you know, I just basically let off the story. Like, you know, they're different people. One's a young quarterback. The other is an old school defensive guy. They're never going to like see eye to eye. <laughs> um, but they're, and then I think uh, one thing Kirk did say is, you know, we are united in the fact that pressure, we share the pressure of, of this organization. Now, you know, Zimmer, I think shared it a lot, had a lot more on him than, than Kirk had on him with uh, guaranteed money and all the money's already made, and, uh, everything. But yeah, it, they uh, are different people. They, there's no love lost there. No, I mean, that's, that's clear to see. Um, that's why I think, I, I believe that Kirk is here because you don't go out, or change the head coach, get exactly what you, what probably, you know, if you're ever going to get anything out of Kirk Cousins, it's going to be kind of with this group. I would say, well, you know, maybe Sean McVay coming here and, uh, or, or, uh, or Kyle Shanahan or whatever, but you had that type of uh, mentality now that, that before the mentality was anything but McVay, Shanahan, it was, it was a head coach, an old school defensive guy that was, you know, going down with the ship and his flag was, I'm going to defeat these, these young offensive guys. Well, <laughs> they snapped the flag over and broke it over his head and they took over the ship. So you, this is the, the guy that the organization, the group that you're put together that you now you try and get something out of Kurt. What I wouldn't do is go extending myself down the road with him. You know, I just, to me, I'm not a cap guy. I don't know how it all works. I don't profess them. I'm in the media, but I sometimes say I don't know, Joe. And it's not a word you hear. It's not a phrase you hear much anymore. Let me write that down, Mark. But I don't know if they can handle it. Uh, but I would I would take him at this $45 million, see what you can get out of him for a year, sort of work on a backup plan. I don't know if that's Kellen Mond or, or what, but – See what you can get, but don't keep tying yourself down the road to them. So, and see what you got. I was going to ask you what you would do if you're you're in that spot. I for me, I gotta see him give some money back. I mean, he's going to hamstring this new coach, and I mean, oh, that's not going to happen. I mean, I how how is it not? I mean, they got to you know. I figured if they're going to go with, I mean, it's supposedly not a very deep quarterback draft. Kellen Mond, at least to Zimmer, was not the guy to lead you forward. That doesn't say that they can't try and get something out of him with this coaching staff. Um, but, you know, if, if Kirk Kirk's has a pretty good offense around him, you're gonna, they're going to probably draft another lineman somewhere along the line. They're probably going to get Wyatt Davis in there. They may draft a center, who knows. But uh, the, he's got to know the defense – is what held him back last last couple of years, and if he wants to win, well, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's just sap happy with his his you know salary and doesn't care. I don't know, but I I just figure you've got to see that from the leader of your team. You've got to you know say and maybe tack on another year and make it a little more cap friendly somehow. But if he doesn't. I don't know that anybody wants to uh, trade for that either. So I, I, I don't know. I, I almost think this is going to be like a year like you're describing where he they have to eat this $45 million and just suck this year and then and then start, you know, in earnest the next year after they know what they're doing. Their, their argument would be that if you, if you don't give them that $45 million, you're going to suck worse. You're, you're going to – I mean, 
the, you know, the, from his standpoint, you could say, hey, you know, with me, you have a chance. The offense can still be really good. Uh, it's the defense that needs help. Uh, that, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're, you're, it's a fantasy to think that he would give back any of the $45 million without getting something down the road. That, that, that's my feeling is I, I don't want – I don't want anything more to, you know, to me, it's like you've already been through two contracts with him. You know, you gave him $84 million guaranteed over three years. Then you gave him another 60 million over two years, whatever it was. I mean, this guy and, and hats off to him. He's a, he's a, he's a good quarterback uh, that has been paid like a great quarterback and hats off to him for, for, for gambling on himself, gambling on his durability what he did in, in uh, Washington wouldn't be, have been done by anyone else. It hasn't been done by anyone else where they said, I'll take your uh, franchise tag, not once, but twice. They still didn't want him long-term. So they came, he found someone that wanted him long-term. Uh, so he's made a lot of money gambling on himself being good, you know, good enough to win with the right team um, and being there every week, being durable. So uh, I think it's you know it's fantasy to think that he would just say okay I'll stay here for one more year but I'll give you back thirty or twenty million and I'll play for twenty five. It's yeah maybe well that part of the criticism that came from Zimmer about Kirk Cousins in that story was that he said uh, Kirk doesn't make enough winning plays and yeah I mean certainly we've seen that and apparently Jay, Jay Gruden was seeing that for years and if Jay Gruden was saying and I think that was around the time that. Uh, Kevin O'Connell was there too. So Kevin O'Connell on some level has to know what he has in Kirk. Um, so, oh, yeah, I mean, I, that's, I, I wrote about that as well. We, I think we talked about it was uh, 2017, you know, and I, when I did the story on Kirk and, and Zimmer and kind of Kirk's pushback against what Zimmer was saying and Kirk was saying, Hey, you know, it's not me. It's the, it, I, I do what they tell me to do. I'm, I'm as, I'm as uh, I take as many risks as, as what they tell me to do. And that's, that was his stance, and Zimmer's stance was you need to take more chance. Well, this goes back all the way to 2017 where Jay Gruden, uh, uh, that's the year, the year that uh, O'Connell was the quarterback's coach. Jay Gruden, it was the, it's like you know, everywhere Kirk has been, that's or the two coaches he's had, that's been the theme. It was Jay Gruden's uh, – uh, Kirk talked to Sports Illustrated and said um, if – if I played the way Jay wants me to play, I'd throw 20 interceptions a year. Yeah. And then whenever Jay Gruden was asked about that, Jay kind of made a crack. He said, yeah, but he'd throw 60 touchdowns. That, in a nutshell, is what Zimmer's saying. That's how we all know Zimmer felt or, you know, uh, when they were going through this. Uh, you know, it didn't help. It's, you know, the season started off with the COVID thing. And then it was the, uh, the, the stretch where Kirk was too conservative. The Cowboys game, I think, it was one for sure. Um, maybe the Ravens game, whatever. Or then there was a breakout, and that's when Zimmer was kind of like taking, in Kirk's opinion, taking too much credit for this suddenly taking these risks. And um, so, and then it ends with the COVID, and ultimately it's that COVID, you know, thing that we were talking about in training camp that ultimately got. That's the game where Zimmer gets fired, is because yeah. he's got no chance to go to Green Bay and win and, and keep his playoff hopes alive. So. Uh, Kirk got him fired in, in a couple different ways. <laughs> Do we uh, look at that little incident that happened on the sideline this season when Kirk went over and basically did a "you like that" in, in Zimmer's face, and Zimmer pushed him back? Like, you know, I mean, they, at the time, if you look at it, 
Zapruder-like fashion. There is some animus between those two there. And, and uh, if, if the coach is saying is uh, dogging you in front of, in some of the team meetings, I think I'd get a little uh, pissed after a while. And if I, if I uh, made a great play that went flew in the face of what the coach was saying about me, I might walk up to him and, you know, I, I get, I get where Kirk was. Yeah, I, I never, I, I saw that as a genuine moment of like, these guys were happy. Uh, it, two things that, that hurt that image. One was the ang- The first angle looked like Zimmer was kind of mad. Then there was a kind of a side angle where they right looked different. Totally agree. And then, then Zimmer's uh, Zimmer's uh, handler, the guy that you know his bodyguard that goes everywhere with him, overreacted by pulling Zimmer back. Right. You know, so I think he misinterpreted it. Uh, but no, I didn't see that. I mean, it, it, there were problems, obviously. But I don't. I didn't see that as some moment where Kirk was like, "Hey, I'm gonna, you know, this is my chance to punch my head coach in the right. rest or whatever." I saw it just like you, though, Mark. But I says now in retrospect, you you wonder because the, he did grab him, and how many times you see a a, a coach yeah. uh, uh, a quarterback grab his head coach by the scruff of his coat and just yell in his face for whatever reason? That's there's a lot of emotion there, and whether it's done with a smile on your face. Uh, you, you you know, every time you give me crap, you know dang well. There's a little there's a little meaning behind that, huh, Mark, especially on the golf course, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm kidding you. Anyway, um, I don't know. I, you know I, don't think, I don't think HBO would take a, a, a battle between us. I think it might, might. They probably wouldn't be able to sell that. No, probably not. Um, you know. It, anyway, it, it's just funny. Here we are, weeks later still talking about uh, Kirk and Zim and, and, you know, until uh, Cousins gets a season under his belt with the new coach, that's, that's how it's going to be. However, you know, that their, their history is tied together for maybe eternity as far as Zimmer's going, but it, it's, it's, uh, it's such a strange deal. It's too bad it all went to hell because, you know, there is some talent on this team and uh, you know, I, I, I think ultimately, I, I would shop the guy to see if I could get rid of him, oh, take yeah. my lumps, draft a quarterback, and then kind of rebuild in that fashion. I mean, if you could do it quickly, because you got some talented people you don't want to waste, like Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and and uh, some of the others. But um, short of that, short of uh, him him re- renegotiating, I I, I got to I got to say one more year with Kirk, and hopefully it's a good quarterbacks crop next year when you, when you win three games or they get something out of him you know that he yeah. does does extremely well and then 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 you open to he's still young enough i get from a quarterback standpoint to say he has a great year say they come close to going to the super bowl approving then got, yeah then then you know uh then you then try you and, bring, and build with somebody else then i'm i'm all for that but then he doesn't get 45 million next year i'm sorry well, but what happens if they win the Super Bowl or if they uh, play in the Super Bowl? Then you'd I don't be have to you'd, you'd, be him, you'd be giving him whatever he wanted. <laughs> uh, but as far as but as far but as far as listening, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm all uh, my feeling is you you play with him, you you let O'Connell and his people work their their uh, perceived magic on him and uh, see what happens. But I, but I, I, I darn well, especially after in this monkey see, monkey do league where the Rams just won a Super Bowl by, tra- by you know, overpaying. I mean, it, it, 
that you can say it's not overpaid now because they won the Super Bowl, but certainly at the time, uh, or I, that I still see that as a win-win because the Lions were going to win the Super Bowl with with uh, Stafford, so they got they got a two ones and a three and a starting quarterback for yeah. for him. So uh, if someone's willing to do that for Kirk Cousins or something like that, right? Yeah, then then I all then I I change my mind and I say, you know, use those picks. You you know, right. totally agree. But by being a new organization, the there's so many things that are opened up to you that you can try and do because you're fresh. I mean, like last year, you know, you get toward the end of uh, Spielman Zimmer and it's like the moves There are certain moves that can't be made because you're trying to save your job. You're trying to, you know, prove that this worked that didn't work before. And now it's like, here comes a fresh slate. Um, a guy, a, a guy that's, you know, if this whole analytics stuff really plays out, it's going to be a guy that leaves no stone unturned and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's to, if someone's gonna uh, same thing with Rodgers. It's like uh, if someone's going to come in and give that for Stafford, and and who knows what what you're going to give for Rodgers? Yeah, I, I would take I would take uh, a bunch of you know, Rodgers is going to turn 39 next year. Uh, someone's willing to give ones and stuff like that, then. I do that too. Right. Well, they can't. They don't play forever. Even, even Tom Brady, who we thought was going to play till he's fifty, reached a point and said, "Yeah, that's enough." You know. So. We we don't know. Could come back. All I can say is uh, there's nothing that mo- makes me want to drink a Mankato beer quicker than talking about Kirk Cousins. So there you go. There you Mark. go. Um, Forty nine twenty six, Joe. Hey, thank God for for Kirk Cousins because he fills the segment. Uh, on the show every week and keeps us talking. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, you just brought his name up. Is got to ask about Aaron Rodgers. Is this guy a diva or what? I mean, my goodness, you know, he is always the attention uh, seeker. And I, I mean, I I didn't buy it last year when he said, "Oh, I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to play." And I, I screamed on this podcast to Joe Johnson and and someone else that we had on. Uh, I think it was Sally Spice and. Uh, I just said, no, he's coming back. He has no leverage, you know, so uh, go go to camp and play football, Aaron Rodgers, which he eventually did because he was under contract and he wasn't going to retire. Well, now here we are again in the same same thing, and everybody's talking about he's going on a show and doing this. It's like, God dang, Aaron, you know, it, are, are you that bored in your life that you need this attention that just – what 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 do we to make of this guy? He should be a wide receiver where all the divas live. He's the biggest divas going right now. I'll, I'll play the devil's advocate with you, Joe. Oh my goodness! You're asking, is he that bored in his life that he? Are we that bored in our lives that yeah, we right. spend every every day, you know, uh, with this with him? I, you know, I absolutely did not believe it last year because it was after the draft. A lot of that's almost all of that came after the draft. Was I think that the the original. Uh, was it like on draft day or second day of the draft? Or I forget whenever it first kind of broke that yeah, he wasn't happy. Right. Well, then the, the, I think it was on draft day. It might yeah. have been right on the – yes, it was. It was kind of the morning of the draft. It's one of those NFL bombshells where, you know, Aaron Rodgers, that almost over, overshadowed the draft. I probably did. And then – but he didn't get traded. And then – so anything after that was, to me, was, you know, the Packers are not going to – trade him now or yeah and you know when you trade him is during the draft so you can get that and that whatever you're going to get out of him immediately um so 
you know, I absolutely not did not believe any of this stuff, Jeopardy, all that crap. I didn't believe any of that last year. And, I, and you know, a lot of people were saying, we've got to go over to Green Bay. He's going to be traded. He's going to, he's not going anywhere. He, or he's not going to show up. He's, he's going to show up. It's, you know, it's just, I mean, how many times do you have to see stuff to kind of know what's going to happen? Is anything changed? Is it going to be any different? But what, what, what's changed now is the draft is, what, two months away or, yeah, it's the end of April or beginning of March. So yeah, but from now until the draft, there's a I, there's a possibility, especially after what happened last year with, you know, the Rams. You know, if, if you're a team that that's that's one that's a quarterback away, and that's it, um, then yeah, you, you I could see someone you know knocking the the Packers socks off and 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 trading for him. But if the draft passes and he's still a Packer, then I don't believe he's I believe he's a Packer next year. And, I don't know that that um, other team sit, exist, exists out there either for the Kirk Cousins trade, you know, that they're a really capable quarterback away uh, and can go all in like the Rams did. I don't know. If, I don't know that that team exists. And I don't think there's one out there that's could do that with Rodgers because Rodgers is going to go some, I mean, you're going to mortgage your future on that team. You probably have to give up two, two ones, maybe even three to get Rodgers and no one's going to mortgage their future, you know, uh, if, yeah, if yeah. only plays a couple more years, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know if what it's going to take because he is, uh, you know, hey, uh, the asking price is would be, yeah, three number ones because what you got two for, for, for Stafford. But, you know, Rodgers is also six, seven years older than, than Stafford. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I, 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 people would say maybe, you know, I don't believe it either, but maybe Denver is that quarterback away. They, they, they played, I mean, their last good quarterback is you know, John L. Or well, other than Peyton Manning coming in, obviously, uh, you know, they haven't have been able to have put a quarterback together uh, yeah. on the team. So, you know, their defense last year was very good, but they're changing, you know, they, they got rid of their head coach. who was a defensive guy. Donatell was their defensive coordinator. So you could say their defense was really good last year. They, they if they had a quarterback, maybe, they're that team that's one away. Um, they, they'd be a team. And certainly uh, that could be one reason why. Um, what's his name? Hackett left Green Bay as the head coach in Denver now. And I know that. Uh, Trade him to the Patriots. George, that, yeah, that George uh, Payton uh, certainly wants him. Tried to get him last year. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's the, that's the team. Uh, now, if. To me, if he makes it through the draft and he's still a Packer, then all this, then it'll then it just be, it's the same stuff. New Year, right? Uh, but and someone has asked, is he the most um, attention-seeking quarterback that ever? Well, but do you remember what the guy before him did? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was uh, the guy before him was just more likable, you know. Right. I think uh, he was kind of a more. Uh, uh, maybe he's not likable anymore after everything, but. Uh, he was a guy that every single year was retiring. Ah, I'm gonna take some time. He took his darn, and then he he then he did retire a couple times. And he uh, it took you know a guys leaving training camp and going down to beg him to come back for 2010 season. So that's basically yeah, what Aaron did, though. So yeah, I would say that um, you know I I didn't look at Brett as this as visually as smug as Aaron. So. Uh, maybe it's because he does kind of have that that smile, and you know, oh, shucks. 
I, I, but I guess, you know, in his defense, he's earned that, uh, that smugness because of just how great he's been. You know, you loved him because you didn't even have to a- ask any questions in a press conference. He asked them all of himself. He would just, he'd go on. Someone would ask an opening question of Brett Favre and he would go for the next 20 minutes talking and then throwing a couple of his own questions in there. Should I be doing this? You know, and then he'd go on forever. So he was he was the greatest for me. Yeah, yeah. His his opening on Wednesdays was ultimately he would start on one side of the fence. Like Childress used to say this, you know, Brett starts on one side of the fence. By the time he ends, he's on the other side of the fence. <laughs> and, in, and in doing so, he would have probably revealed all the injuries on the team. Uh, in his rambling way, he would have he would have unveiled uh, the play calls that were not right. The the injuries that uh, were on the team, and uh, so yeah, he was uh, he was worth the price of admission. Maybe this is just Rogers' way of doing the same thing, so he can get out of OTAs and doesn't have to deal with that, and can show up for training camp, and all will be fine. You know, he is under contract again, so I mean, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's where it will end up. I, I, uh, I you know, the guys, the two-time reigning MVP of the league, which uh, you voted for him, didn't you, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is what it is. You know, I, yeah, and people, you know, there's people out there that say he shouldn't have voted for him because he lied about his COVID or whatever. You know, I, I kind of look at it on the, you know, on the field. And, uh, I think Brady, if Brady had let on that he was, this was his last year, probably, I'm only, I'm only I have only one of one of 50 votes, but, I, I don't know if it would have changed my vote because uh, uh, it didn't change. It didn't change votes uh, for Drew Brees last year, and his never pretty obvious or kind of obvious that he wasn't going to come back. Uh, but you know, maybe Brady gets more votes uh, if if people know that he's uh, not coming back. Yeah, who knows? Um, well. Is there anything else you wanted to say about some of the the votes you cast at the end of the regular season? Uh, who, who, you know, I know this is a long time ago that we t- we uh, you did this, but uh, uh, was was it an interesting year of voting on uh, Player of the Year, uh, MVP, Rookie of the Year, that kind of thing? Well, I'm trying to remember uh, what all the award. Uh, well, Coach of the Year, I, you know, Belichick was my Coach of the Year for most of the year until it got to the. Uh, you know, just what the Titans did, because you're voting strictly on the, you know, the, the ballots are cast before the playoffs begin. So what Mike Vrabel did, losing his best player for nine games, and he had the most number of injuries in the league to deal with, like 91 or something crazy number. And for them to have the number one seed in the AFC, uh, was, so I, I voted and he won it. Um, MVP was Rodgers. Um what are some of the other defensive player of the year? I had well, Aaron Donald. No, no uh, Watt. Uh, oh, Watt win it? yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah. Uh, you know, defensive rookie of the year was simple. Uh, that was the Parsons. I mean, he could have been defensive player of the year. Um, offensive uh, rookie of the year. That was where I differed. I I did not have Chase, uh, Jamar Chase. I had uh, Mac Jones. I like I was only one of five that had Mac Jones. That is not to say that Jamar Chase doesn't deserve it. Wasn't a great rookie, and uh, I could have easily voted for him. I just went with a quarterback who he was a number. He was a fifth quarterback out of five taken in the first round. He won ten games and he made the playoffs. And 
played like a veteran, I think. Um, so that was my, you know, you, people disagree. They would say, always do. You know, it's like, take my vote away. I don't care. Uh, because if you're going to give me a vote, I'm going to, I'm going to vote how I feel. And if I'm the only one that's cast that vote, then so be it. Previous um, year, previous year, the, uh, quarterback, rookie quarterback beat out the rookie receiver. Herbert, yeah. Herbert over Jefferson. So yeah. So yeah, to me, Gerard Chase was a great, he's a great rookie of the year. It's, I have no problems with that whatsoever. Uh, then, um, Comeback player of the year, I had Joe Burrow. Um, just nice. not only what uh, – I think he won it. Is it basically between him and Dak Prescott. Yeah. Um, so I had him. I, I, not only was it what he went through last year and how he came back, but also what he went through this year to stay healthy. It was just – I mean, they were still beating on him. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's going to be so much fun to watch, you know, as are a lot of these young quarterbacks. Uh, Absolutely. The league, league's in a good spot. I mean, Tom Brady retires, and Drew Brees retires back-to-back years. Um, yet there's just so many good quarterbacks uh, to watch. Now if we can just get Aaron Rodgers to retire. Uh, league's in a good spot. Well, then I can talk about golf. My question of the week for golf is, Mark, you got Zach Johnson, who's almost one of us. He's from Iowa, uh, is the new Ryder Cup captain. You like that pick? I thought we didn't like Iowa. Why not? Well, you know, I've never, I've never come, although I, I, I am from, I shouldn't say this because I said, I've never been somewhere where you don't like the border states as much. But then I thought, oh, yeah, I, I'm from Ohio. We tend not to like the uh, the state to the north. So yeah. scratch that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Zach Johnson's uh, had one of those careers. So he's got a master's in what, one British or two? Yep. One British, one British. So two, you know, you got the two majors. It's not one of those fluky like uh, Rich Beam type. Uh, uh, you win a, you win like two tournaments in your career. One of them is a is a major. But yeah, he's been around forever. It seems to have a good personality. Uh, I always, uh, I'm kind of on the on the. I always wonder like what is, does it really matter who the captain is? But yeah. Uh, to me, it's like it's uh, you pick players that are good and they're hot at the right time, and then you ride around in a cart. I mean, we could do that, Joe. Good. Put, us in ma- put us in matching, you know, polos. We'll drive around with. I'll, I'll wear these. I'll keep these in my ear. I'll be going like this. You know, is uh, who, uh is Deschambeau, uh Did he hit that four hundred yard, four hundred and fifty yeah. yard drive? I told him to hit. You know, so the guy we won't be seeing in that position for a while is Phil Mickelson, but I think he kind of. Kind of screwed that up for a while. He's doing his mea culpa still, so we'll see how he does. But anyway, that's your about take care of it for this week, Mark. Thanks for uh, thanks for all your insight as usual, Mike Woldem behind the scenes. Thanks for uh, setting us up and getting us rolling here. And um, we'll be back next week probably with all kinds of information about what came out of the combine. I wonder how Rich Eisen's time is going to be. Uh, just kidding, but uh, you know, I'd I'd like to set up that uh, that that foot race between KOC and and uh, the Gophers head coach. Uh, that'd be fun. They both like to run up and down the sidelines. So anyway, thanks thanks everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you very soon on the uh, Vikings territory breakdown. Skull.